With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Tennis.com podcast, and here's your host, Ed McGrogan. This is the Tennis.com podcast. This is Ed McGrogan. We are here, as always, with Steve Tigner. Uh, wanted to catch up on the uh, the clay season, which has begun. It also began last week in um, perhaps a different way. Uh, the I think you put it so well, the one-week U.S. clay court season came and went. Um, and, you know, that gives way really to... You know what we what most people, of course, picture as as really the start of the whole dirt season in Monte Carlo. Um, always a good one to watch from the the, the uh, viewing perspective enjoyment. Except that you know no matter how good they make TVs or uh, HDMI cables, you can you can never really see the ball that great. And this this is the only tournament that does it for me. But this is a good one to watch. Yeah, this is a good one to watch and a good um, a good draw this year. You know, it's not mandatory anymore, so you don't know exactly who's going to come from year to year. But it seems like it's been getting stronger in the last few years. You always have Rafa, you always have Djokovic because he he lives there. But Federer and Vavrinka, the two finals from last year, they're back. Um, you know, I think everybody wants to get started on you know with the with the clay season. It's still the winner still gets a thousand points, so it's still a really valuable tournament. I feel like, I feel like this year there's a lot at stake for a lot of, you know, for a lot of different guys um, through the, you know, through like the top ten. There's, a, you know, there's some interesting storylines as far as, you know, how they're going to start out the clay season. Yeah, and and since Rafa, you know, sort of seeded this title away. A couple years ago, uh, this this has become a, a fairly interesting tournament. This, you know, this along Monte Carlo was really the uh, stronghold that Rafa had never almost let slip, slip even more so than uh, Roland Garros for a while. Um, that changed, and we've had you know last year Vavrinka won, as you said, um, Djokovic has won before. And um, you know we've seen a lot of you know very good matches here over the past few years, and you know maybe this is the right time. It, w- it would be remiss to to go into this event, you know, without addressing Rafa really first. You know, it, it's it's not only the, the event to do it; it's the time of year to do it. I mean, overall, where do you see Nadal? You know, after what has been um, a hard court stretch that. And you know, for a little bit, a couple clay events that really overall hasn't been that impressive. Yeah, I was surprised that he didn't play better in Indian Wells and uh, especially in Miami. I thought he played well, pretty much at the high, you know, top, top level in in the last tournament in South America that he played on clay. 
and I thought he played pretty well in Indian Wells. He got a, you know maybe a little unlucky against Roundage, but then he was just he just didn't have it in Miami. Um, and now I feel like he's you know he's working you know from from all reports he's working hard to sort of get his game in order for the for the French for the for the clay season. Usually he comes in, dominates this tournament, and then dominates clay. That's that's been the the rule overall. It hasn't been for the last couple of years, but but it seems like he's he's thinking more long term this time rather than winning this tournament and 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 automatically and and getting things started sort of you know he's sort of feeling his way back into still searching for his best game and maybe trying to peak at the French Open um so we'll see where he is he has he has a tough draw he got a little maybe a little bit of a break today when Dominic Thiem lost uh to a French wild card but if you know, Rafa could play Isner and then he he could play Ferrer in the quarters just to just to get to Djokovic in the semis. So, so you know, yeah, it's, it's this a, is not as, this is not the old easy Monte Carlo road for him. No, exactly, and and part of that is because you know the fact that Nadal could play Djokovic in the semifinals at all is almost startling. You know, Rafa down to number five in the rankings, and like you said, he is put in in his just his quarter of the draw. You know, the Masters draws are really concentrated anyway, and I think you really see that this week where this is not a large Masters event at all, uh, you know, especially compared to what we just saw in Indian Wells and Miami. Um, you know, Rafa could, you know, face Ferrer, who, and, and you know, we've, we've talked so many times about really the career that these two have gone on. It's, it's almost, you know, a total opposite of what, they've been able to achieve in terms of titles and, you know, really, of course, Grand Slam titles. But Ferrer, you know, as we've been, I think, willing to do almost every year, kind of in January, we're kind of ready to say, well, I think his run, you know, he's got to run out of steam at some point. But this has actually been one of his best years ever, actually. And not just, you know, winning, um, or, you know, a random title. He's, you know, been beaten very few times and you know you actually did pick him for what it's worth in your preview to beat uh, to beat Rafa here. So, you know, what about Ferrer? It gives you so much confidence in him right now. Well, yeah, I think Ferrer. I think this is a he's one of the guys who is is in an interesting position. He, like you said, we started the year sort of thinking he, you know, maybe we'd be starting to say goodbye to him. He was down, you know, seemed to be heading out of the top ten. Thirty three years old, um, but he started out the year now twenty three and three has three titles he's the fifth seed here so he's you know he's been as as good as he's ever been one of those losses with the Djokovic in a really a good uh, two-set match in Miami so and also Ferrer beat Rafa here last year of course his record is is bad against Nadal's you know 22 and 6 lead for for Rafa but I think if Ferrer is going to beat him it, you know this is this is the place this seems to be the tournament Nadal's still a little unsettled Ferrer obviously playing well. He, he you know he won easily today. Uh, I feel like this is one where it could be an even matchup. You know, even when the doll has beaten him in in some cases, obviously there's been a lot of blowouts, but there's been close matches too. So so I feel like this was this was a possibility for for Ferrer. He won't necessarily come into this match thinking you know he has he doesn't have much of a chance. Yeah, and it's. 
you know, I have to say that would be a, uh, you know, a very, very good way to, um, to start Friday with, with that type of match there. And, um, like you I said, I also think, um, with Ferrer, sorry, that this is the point, you know, he, he's, he's had his good record to start the year. Um, now what, you know, how far can he take that? Well, how much should we believe in that? Could he actually become a, a, a real contender for the French Open? So I feel like this is an interesting event and, and, and time, you know, spring for him. Yeah, it, it's an interesting juncture for sure. And um, and Ferrer has gone, you know, pretty much all of these events, as you say, Ferrer has, you know, had success to varying degrees in the past. And um, and you know, he will get, uh, like you said, he he's in the middle of of this draw as well. But of course, he'll, you know, where Roth is, wouldn't have to face Isner potentially. Uh, Jill Simone appears to be, you know, who he will face next. Um, so I think I think it's well put that Ferrer is really one of one of the players to watch in this tournament overall. And um, you know, as we said, you know, whomever escapes from that quarter, you know, certainly in all likelihood, it, it it's almost impossible to to pick against Djokovic right now to to you know, get out of his part. He got through a very easy opener today against a qualifier, Albert Ramos. Um, you know, the the players that reside in his section of the draw, you know, a few of these matches are just ending now as we talk about this. Um, but Djokovic overall, this is this is really, I guess we, I guess what we get to see about Djokovic is, you know, you could certainly expect him to finally, you know, throw in, throw in one match that just doesn't go his way or just run into someone who who can't be beat at that day but it it is almost still hard to picture of because really over the past few years he's he's basically been just as good on clay except for the one match of the French Open as he's been on hard courts yeah you know I think he comes in to this season where he's been you know the last four seasons is he's number one he's the best he's probably even or maybe even maybe even a favorite for the over Rafa for the clay season in general, um, just the one he's won this tournament. He beat Nadal pretty easily here in the final two years ago. Uh, just that one thing stands in his way, sort of mentally, is beating Nadal at the French Open in three out of five on clay. That's the really the only thing that he hasn't conquered in his career to this point. I, so, you know, I. There just doesn't seem to be any any sort of let off for him. He, I don't think he's going to run through the clay season the way Rafa used to. I think there's definitely going to be there's definitely going to be ups and downs for him. He, you know, he was almost out of the tournament in Miami to to Dolgopolov. So Djokovic can still, you know, a lot like Serena on the other side, she, he can still throw in a bad match sort of when you don't expect it. But um, but his draw looks good. You know, he's his quarterfinal is would. Possibly be against Chilich or Songa. Yeah, I was about to say that that match does you know came about after today's result. You know between those two, that um, you know another kind of really nice third rounder that we'll see as yeah. well. And Djokovic so uh, looks, you know, I think you know he looks good for the semis, and 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 I don't see any. You know, I think he would be favored here against Rafa, unless or you know obviously against Ferrer, unless unless Nadal can really you know start to turn things around right away. And I, and I think you know one thing I'll say about Djokovic too to close on on him is really that you know you with him and Serena 
you know, like you said, they they are certainly not going to you know be invincible all the time. But over time, what what I have you know seen with Djokovic, as I think I've seen over previous years with Federer and Nadal, when they were at their absolute best, is is really his ability to win when he is not at his best, and he and you know that has become more and more common is you know not only as an opponent do you have to you know kind of deplete Djokovic to the point where you might entertain the idea of an upset and the buzz kind of happens but but it's really you know just as hard almost to kind of put that final nail in with a player who um, has just won so much over the past half decade now just about and um, and we're really you know when I when we see players and Djokovic himself referring to him being in his prime in his absolute best you know it's almost a universal opinion and and we've really kind of only begun to to hear that and I, I think that speaks so much of where you know he is right now really you know in his entire career in the game yeah I also think right now is a good time for him off the court he's had some. He's had some distractions in the clay season the last couple of years. His grandfather died um, one year during one of these during one of these tournaments. He also had an ankle problem. He's had various little things, and, and you know one might still crop up. He had a, also a shoulder problem one year, but um, but this time he seems you know there doesn't seem to be anything standing in his way at this point. He seems good off the court and. He couldn't be any more confident, I don't think, right now on the court. I mean, coming off winning Indian Wells and Miami back to back. Absolutely, yeah. And um, you know, the uh, you know what he or Rafa or Ferrer or somebody else could face on the other side of the draw is um, is a pretty is a pretty kind of captivating draw to look at. You know, some of the matches that we're we're going to see pretty soon. Um, you know, Gael Monfils takes on. Dolgopolov, Dimitrov, Fanini. I, I mentioned these two because both both Dimitrov and Monfils, you know, two players who you know, haven't uh, had great starts to this season at all. Um, they both win three setters today to uh, to bring them out of the opening round there, and uh, you know they're both in the you know last quarter of the draw. Also features Vavrinka, Federer, you know Juan Monaco, really nice clay court player. Um, yeah, there's a lot to this uh, this section of the draw, um, kind of in opposition to the third quarter. There's, you know, if anybody has read Steve's preview, you'll kind of see that got the they got the short shift, and there was a reason why. It just things sort of bubbled up in this last quarter of the draw, and it should be, um, you know, I think a, a series of good matches to really see who comes out of it. Yeah, I think Federer has, you know, he's. He's got an interesting draw, potentially a tough draw here. Uh, like you said, Monfils and Dimitrov won in three sets in matches that you could see them losing. You know, they haven't had great starts, like you said. Sometimes they're, you know, they can give away or, or give away matches, but um, but both of them fought through some, some, you know, pretty tough six-four in the third wins. Uh, I think Monfils, if he can get past Dolgopolov, would could give a real scare to Federer. He beat him in Davis Cup last year, and then they played that close match, nearly beat him, had match points against him at the U.S. Open last year. I think that's, especially on clay, that if Monfils is, is something close to his best, that will be a, that'll be a tough 
That'll be an obstacle for Federer. We are effectively in France, too, with this event, but not that right. that really matters against someone like Federer, of course. But And I think Vavrinka is another guy um, who is an interesting case right now. He hasn't had a great last month. Um, he started out the season well, but he's down to number nine in the rankings because he couldn't defend his Australian Open title, and now he has his second biggest title in Monte Carlo to defend a thousand more points um, here. So, so this is you know this is an interesting moment for him as to whether is he will he drop more? Will he start sort of another surge? Um, he obviously likes this court. He won it here last year. Uh, so and he's also in Federer's. It's a possibility for a quarter against Federer. And um, I guess the last person I talk about in this half is is Milos Raonic. I think he has a good draw to reach the semis. Um, he showed some. He did. He had, you know, a pretty good clay season last year. The quarters of the French Open. He lives in Monte Carlo. The guy he is supposed to play in the quarters, Burdich. He's won three out of four matches there. So this is another place for maybe Raonic to to spring a little surprise. We'll see. We'll see what happens. He's obviously shown some some good signs this year, beating Nadal earlier this year. Yeah, he, he takes the number four seed here uh, because of a, a couple absences, Nishikori and um, and Andy Murray. Um, you know, as you said, the opposite top seed to him is, is Burdich. Um, you know, both of these guys, you know, certainly certainly capable on clay, more than capable, of course, uh, where they're ranked. Uh, it will, I think, I think they both ultimately, really, you know, in the end, will get kind of judged on how the rest of the summer summer goes for them. I think there's just you know so many um so many very prominent clay players in this draw and uh and but, but and we'll see really where um you know how this whole half shakes out. It's it's one where as you say there's a lot to be gained and lost here with Vavrinka, you know, defending a thousand points, you know, his ranking could certainly tumble a bit with an early exit. Um, Federer, you know, this is one of the few Masters events that he has never won. Um, has really been stymied by Nadal for years and years here, but you know, ultimately couldn't beat Vavrinka here last year in the final. Um, you know, the other interesting thing about Monte Carlo as well, you know, even though kind of attrition has already taken out a lot of it, but you have Americans in this draw, which for many years really was actually never the case. This was you know, kind of, um, this was an event to, to be stayed away from, to really kind of wait until the clay season advances a little bit closer to Roland Garros. Uh, but yesterday you had, you know, an All-American match, Isner and Steve Johnson, um, you know, Dennis Kudla also qualifying here. Um, it's pretty, you know, I think a little bit of, of the way, uh, I guess maybe things have changed a little bit over the past few years um I th you know i think back to where you know when andy roddick was playing and and blake and when, when those are the top american guys it seemed like this was not and and that's not to say that this is any big achievement just by playing but it but it, it does speak a little bit to where um where we see the americans overall in this clay court season and a lot of that happened last week which i alluded to earlier um, you know, it, we'll have to see what, you know, what, if anything, can be uh, differently, changed differently from a U.S. point of view. Yeah, I think Isner is another interesting case. He, you know, he looked good in his first round. He's looked good 
general for the last month. Um, he plays Troitsky next, which is, you know, that's sort of, I think, a toss-up. Troitsky's been making a long comeback after being suspended. So that'll be interesting. And if Isner does get past that, he could play Nadal, which will also be, you know, obviously that's an interesting match. He took, he pushed, he's the only player, I think, to push, besides Djokovic, to push Nadal to five sets at the French Open. Yep. Yeah, it's, uh, that was a few years back, and, uh, you know, the one of the many ups and downs Isner has had throughout his career uh, that just kind of eventually settles itself in a tiebreaker for sure. Um, yeah, well, you know, the rest of this week really is, uh, you know, there's some Fed Cup as well, and uh, actually Serena will be playing that for the U.S. Venus will not. That just came out today that she will not be playing in that. And then, um, you know, the clay season continues to kind of move along for a few weeks um, until it really picks up in, in with the big combined events in the month of May. And at, at that point, it really sort of uh, escalates pretty quickly toward Roland Garros. Uh, so we will catch up again next week on the podcast with Steve Tigner and myself. Again, thank you for listening to the Tennis.com podcast. You've been enjoying the Tennis.com podcast. For all the latest news and events, head over to tennis.com.